The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. This is Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, and this is Janelle King, and we're going to talk, and it's interesting because I'm in the studio by myself, and I did this on purpose because I wanted to discuss something that has really been weighing on my heart. I've had some conversations with a few friends, um, but I'm noticing something that's happening in politics, and it's it's really interesting because what it's doing on the, on the surface level looks completely different from what I think is happening on the lower level. At the time of this recording, we are dealing with or we're looking at what's happening with the Trump raid. So there's been a raid on President Trump's home, um, you know, regardless of whether you're for it or against it. We all know that the raid is happening. And what I noticed is that it happened during the anniversary week of the Afghanistan debacle. So just one year ago, from the raid, we were talking about how President Joe Biden caused a huge debacle in Afghanistan. I mean, people lost lives. We saw a complete breakdown of just so much of a peace that we had, we had tried to create. It was just a mess. When I first heard about the raid, I said, let me let me listen to every station. I wanted to hear what every media station, or at least a few that um, shared different political uh, positions, were saying about this. So I listened to Fox News. I listened to Newsmax. I listened to MSNBC, CNN, just, you know, the usual, the usual suspects. And so I walked away from that with a core question. And that's what we're going to dive into. My core question was not why is this happening, but why now? How does the timing of this play into everything? Because right now we're looking at uh, midterms. We're about 80 days out from, or maybe a little less than that, from midterms. Um, and right now we, we have so many issues that's at stake. We have President Biden, who has an approval rating, I know here in Georgia, of around 30%. We have Vice President Kamala Harris approval ratings even lower. We have crazy inflation. Gas prices are soaring. We have all this division amongst race. And, and, and gender and just so much to talk about. But every time something like this big happens, I always think or I, I go to my side, the conservative side. What do you think about this? Like, what, why do you think this is happening? And I kind of get the same response where it's just like, oh, it's just the Democrats being Democrats. They're trying to take over the, our, our democracy. They are trying to kill our freedoms. And then I go to the other side and I hear the same thing. Oh, it's just the crazy conservatives that are just, you know, they are they're same exact words, actually. They're trying to kill our democracy and take away our freedoms. It's kind of interesting, right, that you have both perspectives using the same words to explain what's happening in America today, but they think it's coming coming from two different directions. So why is this concerning to me? I'm concerned about what's happening because of, again, timing. Going back to the raid on President Trump's house, 
all of this happened during a time where we are extremely focused on what is happening to us individually. I started out by mentioning Afghanistan, and I definitely think that um, the anniversary of, of the debacle in Afghanistan is something that should have been front page news once again. When it happened a year ago, the conversation was, is this going to be something that will help us in the midterm? Meaning, is this going to be something that will, will highlight that going and picking um, elected officials who support the left and the left agenda is a problem? Is this going to be something? And I was told that, well, you know, politics move fast, so probably not because of how far away it was or how long ago it was. Here we are approaching the Afghanistan anniversary of this debacle, and then we see this really weird, seemingly out of nowhere, ray on a former president's home that created... A whole lot of conversation. The anniversary of Afghanistan is not the only thing that took place while we were talking about the raid. Biden canceled more student loans. I believe he canceled all the student loans for people who went to a particular school. I think it was ITT Tech. He signed the Inflation Act, but is really the Climate Act, that's supposed to reduce inflation. But I'm, I'm not understanding how that kind of goes hand in hand with everything that's in there. And they started touring and talking about this Inflation Act to try to, you know, increase his numbers and get him into a position where he's actually, you know, moving things forward. So all of this is happening. And that's just the things that we know of. That's not everything. But all of this is happening as we, conservatives primarily, are discussing the raid on former President Trump's home. Timing is a bigger issue for Republicans than is anybody else. Matter of fact, it is a huge problem for Republicans. I remember a long time ago, someone said to me, just remember and make sure that when you're looking at things from your perspective, to look at it from, and, and ask yourself, are you shadow watching or are you actually seeing what's creating these shadows? In other words, shadow watching is when, um, just imagine you're sitting in a, in a theater and the curtains are down and there's lights that come on, but you only can see the shadow of what's moving behind the curtain. So you don't know what's making these images. You don't know who's making these images you just see the shadows of it shadow watching is what I believe we're doing right now I believe that we are reporting on things and, and reporting on topics and arguing about things and debating issues and doing all this stuff while we're just watching shadows if we're if we're not seeing what's actually happening then I have to ask myself what would be the purpose of choosing this particular time to raid a former president's home when we are, again, under or right at around 80 days into the midterm. And it was obvious to me that this is a huge distraction, but a distraction from what? So in Georgia, we have a U.S. Senate seat up for grabs. We have the governor's seat, the lieutenant governor, the attorney general, secretary of state, public service commissioner, and a host of congressional seats. This is happening in Georgia, and this is happening all over the country. This election in particular will change or can change the entire look and feel of our state. We cannot afford to solely focus on our side of the argument while ignoring the undecided. We can't think that we're somehow going to increase the Republican Party or increase Republican voters by simply focusing on one singular issue. 
And that is why when I look at distractions and I think about what's happening with this raid, regardless of where you stand on it, regardless of how you feel about it, distractions hurt Republicans the most. You have to have a singular focus when you don't have a huge army to fight. And the army I'm talking about is not just voters. We don't have the number of outlets that our opposition has. If you ask yourself, how many conservative radio stations, how many conservative television stations, how many conservative anything can you go to and say this is a part of our arsenal, of our army? We're losing dramatically when it comes to messaging because we do not dominate the media by any means, not even close, not even close. I remember a divide and a split happening between Fox News and Newsmax during the 2020 election when I believe, you know, Fox News called uh, President Trump at one, one particular state and then Newsmax got mad about it and other people got mad about it. And so it was it created this whole shift and divide, even in the, the few media outlets that we have. Democrats have benefited from our inability to unite for a long time now. And we actually have historical data. I'm going to run through a few that just kind of stands out to me. So just come with me, right? So go with me to 2020. In 2020, we saw so many uh, divisive and divisive messages, personality versus policy when it came to President Trump. You know, you had the group of people who was like, I, I can't stand his personality, but I love his policies. And then you have the people who were like, yep, well, I love his policies and I love his personality. Then it turned to to tweet or not to tweet. Right. We were we were arguing about that. Should he tweet? Should he not tweet? Then it came to the election fraud. Was there fraud or wasn't there fraud? And there are people that sit on both sides of the argument, particularly here in Georgia during our Senate runoffs. Do we vote or do we not vote? We had people saying, don't go vote. Then you had other people saying, go vote more division. And then we even saw between our governor, President Trump versus Governor Kemp, more division. And then here we go right now, while as Republicans, we have every issue, every means of winning these elections in our grasp. Instead of us talking about inflation, instead of us talking about um, the the Afghanistan debacle, instead of us talking about Joe Biden forgiving more student loans, which is adding to our deficit, instead of us talking about all of that and this crazy climate act, we're talking about the raid on President Trump's home. And I'm not saying that that's not a topic that we should be discussing. What I'm saying is that I think we need to look at this from a deeper perspective and ask ourselves, are we being played as conservatives? Are we allowing the Democrats to secretly sneak into our camp, drop something there that gets us all routed up and excited? And then we end up somehow, somehow it always ends up turning. We end up turning on each other. Prime example. Now I'm hearing that there are people who feel like, you know, we should defund the FBI. And then you have people and this is this is within the within conservatism, within the Republican Party. Then you have people who are saying, no, we shouldn't defund it. (laughs) So we're now having another debate. The question is. How do we fight this tactic that they're using against us? Because that's what I call it. I think it's a war tactic, right? To divide and conquer. And something my mom used to say to me when, you know, I got married, she was like, you know, remember, if you and your husband are fighting, the real enemy is getting away. He's sneaking through the back door because you're fighting each other and 
you're not the enemy. Each of you are not the enemy. So how do we fight this tactic that's coming from the left to somehow cause a stir over on the on one side so as you don't look and see what they're doing on the other side and you do it through strategy so when I'm asked what is strategy or what is the strategy of the right what are we going to do about this because I'm talking to my people and the reason I'm talking to my people because this is a family conversation it's something that we have got to be aware of when I ask people what is our strategy I hear things like oh you got to link them to Biden right link all these elected officials to Biden and that's how we're going to win or let's talk about the economy or CRT you know has to go and while I agree with all of that that's not strategy when I say strategy I mean how are we organizing around one particular subject so that we can get on the offense so they were not constantly defending attacks from the left, but we are issuing some blows that are allowing us to pick up some leadway because we know that our principles and our policies is what carries the weight on our side. I think sometimes we use terminology that is very outdated you have to remember that 30 years ago was 1992. We're no longer talking about, you know, for me, I remember being, but 30 years ago was 1950. We're no longer there. 30 years ago now is 1992. We have a totally different group of people that we have to message to. I don't think that we can beat the left at their own game. I know they say beat them at their own game. I don't think we can do that. I think we have to play it extremely different. The game they play includes superficial separations. They pick winners and losers, blocking others out um, so that other people can win. They they play this game that includes taking the power from the people is what they say. It's a lot that, that they do that I don't think we should do or we should even consider doing. And if we think we're going to beat them at their own game, we have to understand that they are playing it very differently. We don't have any control in social media. And it's quite obvious that conservatism and our conservative messaging is being muted, censored, shadowed, whatever you want to call it. And I have an example. So on social media, in order to really be impactful, you have to go viral. That means that you have to have a lot of people listening to you. You have to have a lot of people sharing and forwarding and commenting and participating in what you're doing. In order to do that, you have to post something that's compelling and then hope that it picks up traction. Well, shadow banning is a real thing. And I know it happens because something as simple as this. So I posted um, about the IRS, right? That, that's another thing that we're not talking about enough, but um, because we're talking about the raid, equipping the IRS to go out and start auditing people, not the wealthy or the super wealthy, as they keep saying, but they're auditing everyone else like you and me. I posted that. And in 24 hours, I received, I think, 14 likes, right? 14 likes. Now, on average, I get hundreds because I have a a decent following. I posted an image about the Braves. We love the Braves. I posted something about the Braves or beating the Mets. And in four minutes, I had eight likes. In four minutes. Every time I post something that is right-leaning, it seems to be really slow to pick up traction. So I know that there is something that's happening. 
So if we think we're going to beat them at their own game, we got to understand that they are not enduring some of the obstacles that we're enduring. So that means that we got to come up with a different strategy. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required. And they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out <sighs> or move there's biking boating arcade games hiking nearby golfing or fly through the new fins up water park thrills chills twists and turns this could be you camp margaritaville at lanier islands an easy one hour drive from atlanta book your stay today at camp margaritaville lanier islands.com you're listening to Let's Talk About It with Janelle King. And I honestly think that our strength as a party, as a Republican party, as conservatives, our strength is unity. And we saw that when we saw the attack on 9-11. That is our strength. What is our game? What should we be playing right now? We should be unifying around commonalities that we all can agree on. We don't have to debate whether we think that the election was stolen or not. We don't have to debate whether we should, whether it was wrong or right to, um, uh, to, to, to raid President Trump's home. Not right now. We don't. Leading up to the midterm, we need to find something. We need to find an issue, a principle, something that is associated with our party, and we need to push that. Prime example is capitalism. Capitalism is a subject that has been proven to increase and promote upward mobility and move people out of poverty more than anything else. When I think about this subject, I think that when I say we can unify around this, there's no one in the world, whether you are a part of the left, the right, or the middle, that doesn't want to create a safe place for their kids, that doesn't want to have enough means in order to provide for their families. This is a subject that we can all rally around, but instead we allow the left to dismantle our principles. When I came to the Republican Party and I decided that I was conservative, it was based on the values that we bring. We didn't rally around an individual. I didn't rally around um, a, 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 the hot button topic of the day. I rallied around the fact that this is the party that, that, that promotes capitalism. This is the party that promotes family stability. This is the party that promotes spirituality and making sure that God has a place in our day-to-day -day lives. Those are the topics that can glue us all together so that we all can remember that while we may disagree on certain things, we are still a part of this one big family and if we can all stay together, we can move as a unit. And I do think that we can overcome some of the challenges that we're seeing. But when we're focusing on issues and distractions that the, that the left throws in, what we're not focusing on is being unified enough to get our, our candidates across the finish line because we're just too divided. 
I was watching the um, the, the press conferences and, and the the speeches, and I was watching all the the the, the you know I guess the um, media hits on this raid that's happening at Trump in the Mar-a-Lago. I saw someone holding a sign that said, "In Trump, we trust," and it kind of made me a little nervous. I don't think we should say in Trump we trust. Number one, in God we trust. But number two, by sending that message, we are speaking to one particular core group of the party. Matter of fact, we're only speaking to our side of the party. We're not speaking to the undecided. In order for us to win, I'm just going to use Georgia as an example in, in our midterms. In order for us to win our midterms, we can't just have Republicans. We've got to win the middle or the undecided. And there is a difference between the undecided and the moderates. I believe that the middle and the moderates are those who have chosen a particular side, but they may share some viewpoints from the other side. But the undecided are typically those who choose to reject both sides and want to support someone or or a particular person or an ideology that speaks to at least one of their core values because they understand that they don't agree with either, either one of those sides. In order for us to win the undecided, which is who I think we should be going after, we have to find commonality and commonality comes from us moving out of our sides of the argument and being able to focus in on what are the things that we can all agree on, like capitalism. Whether you want to call it capitalism or not, we all agree that you want to take care of your family. We all agree that you want to be safe. You all agree that we want to be able to have enough money to go on vacation and to live a good life and to be able to take care of our, our aging parents. I mean, these things are so common. It's not complicated at all. I was listening to Ben Shapiro, and he said that the Republican Party can't see the climate because we're too busy focusing on the weather. And I thought that was a really good statement. What I thought is that the weather says that we can grow the party and we can increase voters because a lot of people are mad right now. But the climate says that we're really not growing the party. We're really just growing the undecided. So there's more people that are just leaving party affiliation and going to the middle, so to speak, and saying that, you know, what, I'm going to sit here because I don't quite know where I fit in. While we're seeing this mass exodus of minority voters coming from the left, we automatically assume they're coming to the right. But that's not really the case. A lot of people are just coming to the middle and we have to convince them that our side is the side that speaks to the issues and the core values and the things that they are concerned with. When I talk to people, they're not talking to me about the election. These are not politicals. I'm talking about just regular people. They're not talking to me about the election. They're not talking to me about the raid. They're not talking to me about any of that. They want to talk about the fact that butter is now $9. I had one young lady say to me, I'm concerned about this, um, the IRS, the weaponizing of the IRS, because... You know, my child's father and I decided that we were going to settle out of court when it comes to child support. So he, you know, sends me um, my uh, a monthly amount for my child. And she was saying that he sends it through Cash App. She was like, it's not enough. It's about $500 a month, which is not enough, but it's the best he can do. She said, so am I going to be punished for the money that is received? Are they going to tax me on that because it's coming through Cash App rather than him just giving me the cash? That's a real concern. This person's not talking about the election fraud at all. 
I'm just concerned that having two polarized sides simply creates a larger undecided or a larger moderate. I'm also concerned that our party is running a primary strategy during the general election. That our party is just it, it, that 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 we are creating, we're putting people through this litmus test in order to come to our side, which is you know, are you a Trump supporter? Or are you not? Because if you're not a Trump supporter, then you're not a Republican. As if any individual can tell someone that they can't be a part of a particular party. There were so many people who didn't agree with President Bush. There were a lot of conservatives that had issues with the spending. There was a lot of conservatives that had issues with Reagan. They weren't automatically lumped into a particular category simply because they didn't share the exact same ideology as the individual that they were speaking with. That sounds pretty reminiscent of the Democratic Party. What I would love to see from our side is that I want to focus on the policies that come from the Republican Party, the policies that are duplicated all throughout the world. The Western society, like we produce policies and we produce laws and we produce perspectives that are duplicated and try are trying to be duplicated in a lot of ways in other countries because they work. I want us to lean into our values and our principles and that the, that, the, that the party was established on. I want us to elect people who have solutions rather than perspectives. I want us to remember that the fight is bigger than you and me and the people that's living in your house. I want us to understand that this country has faced so many challenges, and this is not the first. We've, we've gone through a lot as a country, but we've overcome them all. I want people to understand that the country was founded on the word of God. No matter where you where your religious beliefs are, it doesn't change the fact that God is embedded in the foundation of this country. It, I mean, that's, it's just how it is. And I want us to focus in on who we are as people. Because the last time I checked, while we're talking about whether we want to use pronouns or not, when we're talking about whether or not we want to, and it's okay to have these conversations. I mean, I, I do it. I mean, you'll hear it in many of the episodes. But when we're focusing in on on gender and pronouns and CRT and, um, you know, and Trump and the raid and all these other things, what we're not doing is listening to what are the what is what is the core of who we are as individuals because it's so silly to continue to divide us based on whatever it is it's particularly race because I asked myself, if I was in the hospital and I needed a blood transfusion, I don't know anyone who says, hmm, make sure my blood transfusion comes from someone who has the same skin color as me. I don't think anyone cares about that. Why? Because we're just all human at that time. At that time, you realize just how human you really are and that the color of your skin really has nothing to do with any of that. It's just that's just an identifier that's a, because I have a little bit more melanin than others. You can't evict God from what he created. He's embedded in the foundation of this country, and it's what, what allowed us to be to sustain. So we can't say in Trump we trust. We got to keep it in God we trust. It's a reason why our forefathers said that. And I want us to understand that what President Trump has done was wonderful. He went in there. He created policies. 
I mean, we we I know for a fact that there are people who received more money in their paychecks due to his policies. I know for a fact that there are people who walked out of prison because of the First Step Act. There was so much that has that was done. And I hate how it's gotten completely washed over and no one even cares about it anymore because they're so busy focusing on Trump as the man. He is a human being. And if we allow the Democrats to continue to manipulate us the way they do it, as I stated, it's by throwing in these distractions. They knew we raided the former president's home right now that this will now become the talking point. This will now become the dividing factor in the Republican Party. This will now become the issue that we're all going to focus on, which means that what they're not going to focus on is, like I said, the anniversary of the Afghanistan debacle. They're not going to focus on what's happening in our schools. They're not going to focus on the inflation. They're not going to focus on all that. That now becomes a second thought to what is happening with President Trump. The Democrats knew. They knew this was going to happen. We've seen this before. We've seen it a number of times before. What I would like is for us to be able to organize around a singular focus to, yes, understand that what has happened in the raid is wrong to to, to a certain degree as we're learning more. But at the same time, we have a midterm. And what I would love to hear from President Trump is I would love for him to hold a press conference and say, hey, here's what's going on. It's not right. I have been under attack for God knows how long since the moment I took office. However, I'm handling this and this is going to be here in December. But what's not going to be here in December is this midterm election. And I need everyone to come together, focus in on that and get as many people as possible to understand that we need you to vote in the direction of the conservatism and Republican values and our principles, because those are the sustaining factors that has sustained this country. Those are the factors that's going to continue to sustain this country and is going to create the life that you want to live. That is our singular message. Support our principles because it will support the life that you want to live. That is our message to the undecided. That is our message to the moderates. That is our message to Democrats. That is our message to Republicans. That is the message because we all want to live a good life. So let's make sure that we are not allowing ourselves to be distracted. Let's pay attention to what's going on, but let's make sure that we rally around the core things that's going to unite all of us and officially be that uniting factor. Like I always say, you may not always agree with me. This was my rant. (laughs) my little soapbox. However, disagreement is democracy. And I encourage you all to just, as you listen to me, I talked about it with myself, but (laughs) I kind of talked about it with you too. I'm sure there was probably a lot of people who had a lot to say while I was talking. However, I want you to go out and I want you to go talk about it with your friends and let's have deep conversations around this. And let's look at it from this perspective of whether or not we are being duped into creating another distraction that's going to divide our party so that we find ourselves in a situation where we are no longer in charge, where we are no longer winning any elections, and where Democrats are passing all this stuff right under our nose. Let's pay attention. Thank you so much. I'm Janelle King. Have a great day. Listen each week at thepodcastpark.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen and subscribe. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. 
You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. 